Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Kimberly Lee, and I'm one of the teachers here at Element City Church. Tonight, we are continuing the series, Five Things to Grow Your Faith. Brian and I have led six groups through this series before, and it is still my, one of my all-time favorites. It never gets boring. If you know me, I have a very short attention span, and I love it. It never gets old. It's just I believe what I'm talking about tonight from the depths of my soul to the core of who I am. Last night, um, or last week, not last night, I wasn't here. Last week, Jack talked about practical teaching, and tonight we're going to be going over the, uh, one of the other four things that grows your faith. And the four things, besides the practical teaching, and they're all P's, so get ready, I kind of mumble over it a little bit, is providential relationships, private disciplines, personal ministries, and pivotal circumstances. I, all those P words. Um, and God uses those five things to grow your faith because he cares about your faith. He wants your faith to grow big. And faith is one of the key points. It's one of the key aspects of strong relationships. And whenever you tell the story about your life, you always reference a person or people. And the same thing is true about your faith story. There's people involved along the way. I want you to think of somebody, a name that comes to your mind, that because of that person, because of that relationship, that your faith grew somehow. Because of that person, your faith grew somehow. And I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit uncomfortable. In a few minutes, you're going to look over to your neighbor and you're going to say that name. And I know if it was me in the audience, I'm like, I can't believe she's doing that. But I need to know you're there. It's kind of, I can't really see you. So I just need to know you're there. And if you're like, hey, I'm here for the first time and I don't want to play, um, that's cool. Uh, maybe you just, maybe it's you're here because you're bullied. That's fine also. We bully for Jesus sometimes. Maybe it's, you're just like, I don't even know where my faith is at. And maybe you could just think about a person who's kind of talked to you or been in your life that has made you a little bit curious about your faith. So I'm going to give you a few seconds to get that person's name in mind. A little few more seconds for us who are older. Go. Go ahead and share with your neighbor. The person. I can't hear you. I know. Share with your neighbor. <laughs> and it can't be your mom. Yeah. Or your dad. Oh, no, look, I changed the rules. Hopefully, there's a few people that come to mind. There's a few names on your heart that have really, because of that person, because of that relationship, your faith grew. When I was 23, I became a Christian a little bit later in life, and I joined a Bible study for the college and career. And um, we went through, we worked through the book, Experiencing God. And because of the leaders, Deanna and Cheryl, of that group, my faith exploded. My faith exploded because I was getting to know God. Also, for the past 20 years, I've been honored to be married to Brian, and my faith has grown so much deeper because of the way that Brian has lived his life serving others for the past 20 years we've been together. An unwavering faith, even through the dark times. So my faith with Brian, with that relationship with Brian, it has grown a deeper as a faith, a faith of consistency. 
because that's what Brian has been. He's been consistent for 20 years in his faith and in my life. Another person that um, grew my faith in ways that I could never imagine, my idea of love just expounded this big, was a 10-year-old boy with big brown eyes and a smile that could light up a room. I was his fourth and fifth grade teacher, and I never in any way imagined that I would spend the next 11 years loving him no matter the cost. We had nothing in common, nothing. I didn't understand his life, where he came from. I couldn't comprehend his decisions that he made at 13 to join a gang and to, to sell drugs. I didn't understand or I couldn't relate to some of the violence and the, the guns and the, all the, the, the drama and stuff that his family had to go through that no family should ever have to walk through. I didn't get it. But one day after I had just had Lawson, God tugged on my heart and he said, go find, go find Daniel. And I was all, well, what you want me to do about that? What do you want me to find him? He's like, you need to go find Daniel. I don't care what stone you have to turn over. Go find Daniel. And I want you to love him. I want you to love him even when it's uncomfortable. And I want you to fight for him. And I want you to keep fighting for him, Kimberly. Even when he wants to give up, you will fight for him. Okay. I'll go do, okay, I don't know what that means, God, but I'll go. By this time, Daniel was 15, and we found him in um, Phoenix in a juvenile correction center, and um, that's what we did. We spent the next three years loving Daniel, helping him finish about 1,500 of community service hours, connect with his mom again, getting out of a group home, connecting with his dad, um, who was spending time in jail, helping him to stay in school as long as possible, uh, to keep him alive, to keep him out of jail. That's what we spent three years doing. A lot of our friends and family said, time out. Have you seen this, this kid's rap sheet? I, I, are you sure this is safe? Are your kids safe? I had three kids, kids under four. In fact, his SRO officer lived in our, our neighborhood and he said, get this kid out of this neighborhood. My faith had to grow strong. My faith had to grow strong. I had to believe that Jesus told me the truth when he said, I want you to love him no matter what. I had to trust God. I had to trust God that no matter what, he was going to protect my family. Because see, I didn't see Daniel according to a rap sheet. God let me see Daniel with his big heart. I had to trust that my God was bigger than Daniel's past. My faith grew so deep because of the prayers that did not go answered. One, Daniel was alive. That was kind of a feat back then, that he was alive. It was, it was every single day I would have all my friends and all my Bible study and all my mom's groups just praying, Lord, protect him. My relationship with Daniel 
told me that my faith is bigger than a church. My faith is bigger than the fear of the world that I did not know. My faith took on a different face and it was in the face of a 15 year old who, who couldn't stay out of trouble. My relationship with, with God, with Dan, my relationship with Daniel grew my faith so big because God showed me he could use a loud, old, white lady to journey with his young Hispanic youth. Even though we had nothing in common. And I need you to hear this very closely. Daniel didn't me need me to come in and swoop him and be his savior or be like a superhero. I don't want you to get that idea at all. Daniel just needed someone else to tell him that he had a Jesus that loved him so much and had a plan for his life that was bigger and better than the plan that he was choosing at 15. That's what Daniel needed. These kids don't need us saving them. They need a savior. My faith is still growing big. Daniel's all grown up now. He's got a beautiful family of his own. He's here tonight. And when I see him, the reason my faith grows big is because when I see him, when I think about him, I remember how big my God is. And I remember how big his love is. And there's no dark place. And Daniel had some dark places. I was like, oh, let's not go there, Daniel. He had some dark places. And my Jesus could shine even there. So my faith is still growing. And I consider this a providential relationship. Providential, it's a P, it starts with a P, so we'll unpack that a minute. Providential means a divine intervention or foresight, involving a divine intervention or foresight. And I can tell you that Daniel and I's relationship is bigger than him and I. It was a divine intervention. God intersected our lives at a crucial time at a crucial time because he knew that this relationship was going to grow my faith and hopefully grow Daniel's faith. And that's what God does. God uses people in a powerful way to grow your faith. Sometimes when you least expect it, I was tired. I had three kids under four. I didn't really have time to do this. And sometimes ways that you can never imagine. When I see him and his beautiful family, my heart just, just grows so big with overwhelming love. Who could imagine that? Whenever you hear a faith story, you're going to hear references to people because that's how God works. You rarely hear in isolation, completely on my own, all by myself, I got to know God, I grew in God, I grew in my faith, I became everything he wanted me to be with nobody's help, all by myself. God didn't design us that way. He designed us to have these relationships. One of the five things that God uses to grow our faith is providential relationships.
And a lot of times it just starts with a conversation. Hey, I, re- I was just kind of, you know, hanging out, and I remember this guy saying, why don't you go to church? And he was cute, so I kind of went to church. It was a conversation. Or is that church, and this girl said, hey, why don't you come to Bible study? So I went to Bible study. Or somebody that, you know, they saw that I was going through a hard time, and right at that time they, they had some Bible verses, and they journeyed with me, and they loved on me. Just conversation. That's how they start. Sometimes it's you're looking around and you can see people the way they live their life. You can see them at work and they act a little bit different in a good way, hopefully. You see how they love others and they're serving others and you see their marriages and you see the way they treat their kids and you see that they, they are with integrity and you see how they handle people in difficult situations. And you're like, something's just a little bit different about them. And because of that conversation or what you saw, because of that relationship, you might have gone to church or you might have gone back to church or it might have made you question like, hey, I wonder what what is my relationship with God like? Because that's what God does. He intersects our lives with people. He never meant for us to live alone. So that's the great news bad news, the opposite is true as well. It's a principle. And like with all principles, the opposite can happen. It can work both ways. So I have another question for you. And you're not going to share this one. (laughs) No, it's not nice. Think of your past. Who are the relationships in your life that brought you further from Jesus? Who in your life, what relationship brought you further away from Jesus? And the sad thing is a couple of us, many of us probably have quite a few names there also. Who in your life kind of took the legs out from underneath your faith, made you doubt, pulled you this way, pulled you more into sin, pulled you away from your family, away from your church, away from the truth, away from accountability. You believed a little bit less. Some of our greatest regrets, some of our greatest regrets, you can trace back to relationships. I can trace back to cookies, but also, and donuts, but also relationships. The phone call we should never have returned the text we should not have sent, the date we should not have gone on, the business we should have said, the business opportunity we should have said no to, some of our biggest regrets are in relationships. And I tell this to people, especially to teenagers, relationships are powerful. Relationships are powerful. They're meant to be because they will impact our faith. They will, for good or for bad, they will impact our faith. We can trust God for the rest of our lives to put people in our lives that will grow our faith. And you can trust that the enemy will put people in your lives to try to erode or undermine your faith. The, The question is, any, or the, the statement is anyone that comes into around you 
is either going to be eroding your faith or helping grow your faith. Every single day we are surrounded by people at work, at school, maybe even our families. They don't care about your faith. They, in fact, they might even mock you about your faith. There, rarely do you have somebody at work going, oh, how was your day? How is it? Do you, how is your, how's your relationship with Jesus? That rarely happens. We have a culture that is pushing us as far away from Jesus. In fact, they will, our culture will reward us if we're far away from Jesus. And they've got lots of pretty toys to reward us with. We are bombarded every single day, actually every single minute on social media and the news of world events and circumstances and terrible things that maybe we'll, we'll, we doubt. Maybe God's not in control. Has he seen what's going on lately in America? <laughs> Scary. Maybe God's not in control. Maybe he's not paying attention. Maybe he just isn't the one for me. Maybe we couldn't trust him. And so you drift farther from God. We have to work with God. We have to put ourselves in positions where we will be available for these relationships. Yes, sometimes it will be in a classroom when they're fourth and fifth grade. Yes, sometimes you might get hit by a truck. Hope, nope, hopefully not. And that, you, that could be a providential relationship. Maybe you trip over someone at the grocery store. That has happened to me. Don't. And that is a providential relationship. But a lot of times we've got to put ourselves in positions for these to happen. God could be teeing you up right now, getting you ready. Getting you ready for one of these relationships. And I'm not talking about girlfriend, boyfriend. I'm talking about someone who's going to have a positive influence on your life and help grow your faith. And you might not be paying attention and you could miss it. We have a choice to make. We all have a choice to make. We can walk away, we can ignore, we can stay comfortable, we can stay surface level, we can say no. But let's not do that. Element City Church, let's not have one more season, not one more day of saying, no, I want you here. I refuse to go deeper. We need to start asking ourselves, how can we leverage the relationships we have to grow our faith big. Go ahead and turn your Bibles if you have them. It'll be up on the screen. We're going to go to Proverbs 13:20, And we're going to see what God says about relationships and how powerful they are. Because you know, he's got lots to say in here. This is my new Bible from, Ho my new Bible from Hobby Lobby, just so you know. We're going to be in Proverbs 13:20, But the, the text keeps getting smaller as I get older. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Maybe he didn't mean exactly that, but mm, let's read that again. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. That's exactly what he meant. The people you choose to surround yourselves with may have a positive influence on your life spiritually. And in the Old Testament, the context is wisdom. When you hang out with people, and there's a providential relationship that will grow your faith, that they will be speaking wisdom and biblical truth into your life. 
And this is what I wish I could tell everybody. I, I wish I could tattoo it on my teenager's arms. There's a spiritual component to almost every relationship you have. Don't think there's not. On the other hand, because there's always an other hand, in 1 Corinthians 15, 13, in 1 Corinthians 15, 13, no, 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company is also a very good band. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning for there, for there are some who are ignorant of God. Come back to your senses. It should be common sense, right? Then how many of us, why do so many of us have relationships that drew us further away from Jesus? Paul is saying human relationships can have a negative spiritual impact, right? Which seems like common sense. But remember, all of our relationships that are going to be negative, they don't come in, in looking like the bad guy. They're usually probably very attractive. And they might not even be bad people. But they're not pushing you towards Jesus because they might not even have a faith. They're just going to pull you a little bit away, a little bit away, a little bit at a time until there's a gap. So this principle either works for us or it works against us. So what do we do? What's our part? We have to show up. We have to be available. This is not available. I could have told God, no, I can't go find Daniel right now. My life is full of diapers. And there was a lot of diapers. We can say, no, it's too hard, it's too messy, it's too scary, I don't need Bible study. Yeah, because I know some of you are sitting here, ooh, that, those Bible studies, they make it too small. People want to share and everything. I don't want to go to church. If you, even once a month, once to twice a month is the max and the millennials go to church. That's a lot of commitment. I don't want to hang out with these Christians. Have you seen, heard some of their music? Striper? It's just for old people, you guys don't know. God doesn't want to force himself into your life. He doesn't want to force himself. We have to participate. We have to be ready for these providential relationships that may be uncomfortable but they're gonna help grow your faith. They can help shape the way you view God. They can help shape the way you view the world. Before Daniel, my world was so like this. He showed me there's a whole lot of other stuff out there that I actually would have preferred not to know about. But how am I supposed to love people if I'm ignorant of what they're going through? My past relationships, my providential relationships have grown my faith deeper. It shows me how God intersects our lives. We have to get out of these rows and into circles. This is not going to grow your faith. A practical teaching will, but I'm talking about just staying like this. You gotta be ready for them. You gotta put yourself in environments that, will, that you can be ready for some of these relationships. Practical teaching, Jack talked about it last week. One of the, it's a great way to grow your faith. 
This is important. Small groups, e-groups, start one, join one. Go to dinner after church, invite someone to dinner, go to lunch, go to coffee. It's awkward, I know. Sign up for the Engage class. Get to know your pastors. They're kind of cute, one in particular, just saying. Have your kids go to students. Why? Parents, if you're in this room, let me tell you. Why? Because they're going to need some wisdom. They're going to need somebody that's speaking truth into their life when they stop listening to you, and they will. Have surround them with people that will talk truth and wisdom into them so they don't grow up to be fools because that's what Proverbs said. Maybe some of you, it's, it's more than just church stuff. Maybe it's somewhere in your neighborhood. Maybe it's that neighbor. We do have a neighbor that is literally like 6'5", ball-headed with, and looks over and, and tells Brian that our yard is gross and that, that his tree is too big and all that. Maybe it's your neighbor that you gotta connect with. Maybe it's an invitation you know you're supposed to do, that you're supposed to go to. Maybe it's a conversation you're supposed to have work. You'll feel that tug. And some of you say, I can't feel it. Yes, you will. It's that whisper, it's that nudge. God may be trying to grow your faith through one of these relationships and you don't even know, you can't even see it now. I had no idea the past 11 years with Daniel would grow my faith in a way that I never imagined. Some of you, your issue might not be um, all of this. It might be that you have put yourselves intentionally into positions and environments for these relationships. Some of your issue, some of our issues might be, are we willing to make ourselves available to be that person for someone else. Maybe God is calling you to be that person, the person, a person for someone else. It's really hard to do that when you're like this, with that big wall right around you. For example, we go to bed praying. You know, you're burdened about their relationships, about their health, about their marriage, about their crazy kids, about the direction their life's going. And you pray, pray, pray for them. We might even talk about it in a prayer request kind of way. You might even talk about them. But you've never intentionally kind of crashed into their life because it's, you think, oh, it's none of my business. Or it's awkward. And I'm gonna tell you right now that Oftentimes, providential relationships start with awkward moments. And I was saying this earlier, I am the queen of awkward moments. Some of you have experienced it. I forget your names. I've introduced myself for three years to you because I'm old and I don't know and I'm busy. I've attacked you on the way out to the bathroom and said, hey, will you sign up for safety? You're like, I'm just trying to go to the bathroom. I, a lot of times I say, I cannot believe that just came out of, there's not a Sunday that does not go by that I say, I cannot believe that just came out of my mouth. But oftentimes, providential relationships start with awkward moments. And it's really the thing that gets me to church when I don't feel like coming. Because what if I miss a relationship that God wants me to connect to, a person that God wants me to connect to, because I would rather stay home and do my laundry. 
Okay, let's not be serious. Stay home and read a book. I'll tell you about one of them. There's a kid named Josh Calton here. He's somewhere here, Josh. Yeah. Um, he's raising money um, to go to Ecuador for a long-term uh, mission trip. So you can connect with him afterwards about that. But Josh started coming to Elements about two years ago. And um, I judged him. He seemed a little frat boy stand standoffish. I was like, eh, I can't talk to him. I've got too many other people to talk to. Somebody else will have to do it. I judged him. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there having a conversation, and I see Josh coming my way. I don't think I've ever really had a conversation with him. And God said, stop him. I was like, stop him. I don't know what to say. So I do, because, and I do it in an awkward moment. I take my hand, and I smash it against his chest, and I say, hey. And he looks at me, and he's like, whoa, whoa. And I was like, hey, are you in an e-group? And he's like, no, no, no. I mean, he knows I'm Brian's wife. This is awkward. And it, I mean, it wasn't like a tap. It was like a boom. And um, I said, hey, are you in e-group? He's like, no, well, no, no, I'm not, I'm not. And I was like, okay, Brian and I are starting an e-group um, on Wednesday, and I need you to be there. It's Sunday. I need you to be there. Well, okay, I'll check my schedule. No, I need you to be there on Wednesday. Brian and I are starting an e-group, and I think you're supposed to be in it, so I need you to be there. He's like, I bullied him, you guys. I bullied him to the Bible study. I don't know how, I just, I already judged him and written him off. And can I tell you that this kid is now part of my family? Can I tell you that we spent two, the last two years in community with him? And when he goes to Ecuador, I will miss him dearly because I see him every Sunday and Monday for two years. And it started with an awkward moment. And sometimes that happens. They start with, eh, it's kind of none of my business. I, but I kind of couldn't hurt here, help but overhearing. I know you didn't ask, but I can't be standoffish anymore. I can't gossip about you anymore. I can't be just burdened with it anymore because I really feel God tucking on my heart that even this little tiny relationship that we do have, I gotta take a risk because I think God wants me to journey with you. And I have to have an awkward conversation. Because I'd rather it be awkward than to never, never have one of these providential relationships. Josh intersecting with our lives was providential. Awkward, but providential. Now don't get me wrong, I don't, we, God doesn't need a bunch of busybodies being like, mm-hmm, I heard this, I'm gonna talk to you about this because this is what I heard. He doesn't need that because if you're gonna talk to someone and you're gonna have a providential relationship, you're gonna journey with him. But he does want you to say, I am available. It's gotta be more than, than just the fear of awkwardness or the fear of rejection. I know people have left elements going, whew, those pastors, they're good, but that, that little lady, she's crazy. She's crazy. Because rejection will happen. We have to make ourselves available for these human relationships that God is putting in our life. And I promise you, there's one here for you. I promise you, there's one in your neighborhood. There's one at your work. Don't leave it up to, well, that church, they just didn't connect with me. God's saying, don't wait on the people in the church. How about you? 
how about you? And God will bless these relationships. When I look back at the, my providential relationships, the blessings so outweigh the awkwardness for the most part. So outweigh the awkwardness. What's your next step? What's your next step? We love next steps here. Because if you listen, you go, oh, I can't believe she did such a good job. But you don't do nothing about it. You don't do anything about it, then who cares? Next step. Take a risk. Take a risk. Be intentional. Structure, get some environments, structure your relationships or your environments so that you can be ready for one of these relationships. Be available. Lead a group. Go to a group. Go to coffee. Go to lunch. Go, and you're like, what do I say? I know it's hard for you to believe because I talk a lot, but I get nervous. I get nervous when I'm going out to lunch. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And you're like, really? Because you talk a lot. Actually, the more I'm talking, the faster I'm going, it's because I'm nervous. You just got to go. Have one of those awkward conversation, conversations. Because this principle works all the time. If we work with it and we benefit, or if we work against it and we miss out. I can't imagine missing out on Daniel's life. I can't imagine missing out on Josh's life. In fact, there's some of you, in, there's so many of you in this room, I cannot imagine you not being here. My life is so blessed because of you guys. God wants our faith to be big because big faith means confidence and confidence and big faith mean intimacy. Uh-oh, guys are like, not intimacy. But God wants us to have relationships with each other and grow our faith deeper because that's at his core. That's at our heart. Growing together in Jesus. But we have to cooperate. And hear me now, this is not a church program. This isn't 21 days to love each other and then be done. This isn't like, oh, okay, well, you know, I talked to two people this last week and I'm tapped out. Especially if you're an introvert, you're like, whoo, this lady's not speaking my language. If this were just my opinion, I'm very, I feel strongly about it, but it's more than that. It's what he says. He's gonna put humans in your life to build relationships with that will grow your faith deeper. Who comes to mind when you can think, I thank God for this person. I thank God that that person was there at the right time, at the right place, in the, saying the right stuff. Do you think that's just coincidence? That that relationship helped me come back to church, helped me go to church, helped me go to Bible study, helped me treat my wife kinder, helped me be nice to my kids and not beat them. That that person helped me. Because a lot of times our pride gets in the way and say, you know what, we don't need your help. Well, I'm a hot mess and I need everybody's help. How about you? When we become aware of the significance of relationships, 
when we become aware of how powerful relationships are and that God will put them in, intersect those relationships in our life to grow our faith, it could get big, big faith, a big faith. And you have a choice. You have a choice to either build, build a relationship, grow deeper relationship, help somebody else grow deeper in theirs, or erode. There's not a lot of neutral relationships. And neutral is mediocrity. I'm not okay with that either. What if you're somebody's person? What if you are somebody's person and you're like this? I'm not available. You're gonna miss out on the blessings Element City Church, are you putting yourself in a position to have a providential relationship? Are you making yourself available to, to be that person, that providential relationship for somebody else? And if not, why not? You might want to avoid eye contact with me the next few weeks because I'm going to be asking you, where are you at? Are you available? Are you getting yourself ready? Are you available? Are you getting yourself ready to have one of these? It's too important not to. We're going to take a time. We have a time of communion now. We do things a little bit differently here. Communion is in the center aisles and down here. You could get up and you can go take it when you want, when the band comes up and they sing. And when you're taking communion, I want you, if you're taking it, or you could just sit, sit in your chair, I want you to start thinking. I want you to pray specifically, God, who in my life right now might be one of these relationships? Or who in my life should I be this to somebody else? Or God, what is in the way what is in the way of me being available or being ready? And if whatever's in the way, give me the courage to get that out. Because we were designed for relationships. Dearly Father, I just want to lift you up, Lord. I just wanted to see how big, how big you are. I'm overwhelmed at some of the people in this room that I've known since I was 14, that I've journeyed with for 15 years and 20 years and 11 years and two years, and maybe it's only been one week. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for giving us people to journey with us, even when it's messy, even when it's too hard, even when we feel not equipped even when we don't feel like we're going to make a difference in anybody's world. Because, Lord, you are a Savior that says, I want your faith to be big. I want your faith to be so big that, that you can only give glory to me because of it. It's about your glory. Lord, thank you 
for everybody here and that, that, that you will just touch their heart and that you will push them. You will push them past their uncomfortability, their awkwardness, and that they will take the next step in one of these relationships, Lord, or at least start making themselves ready. In your most awesome and heavenly name, amen.